And Israel is critical. And the reason it's critical is because it's a bulwark for us in the Mideast. It's almost like having an aircraft carrier in the Mideast. It's our oldest ally. It's been our ally for 75 years. Um, it has been an incredible ally for us in terms of the technology, the exchange. And, you know, in building the Iron Dome, which we paid a lot for, has also taught us enormously about how to defend ourselves at home for missiles. So those military expenditures um, are, are, you know, are, are all going, 75% of it goes to U.S. companies under the agreement, under the MOU. <laughs> okay, Bobby. So basically what you're saying is... It's okay. It's okay. Because Israel is an aircraft carrier in the Middle East. And 75% of the money that we send them goes right back into the pockets of the military industrial complex. Well, how do you do? Mr. Anti-War left. That's, that's your justification. Goodness gracious, man. So disappointing. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for a couple months now. Ever since he was, uh, since RFK Jr. was sitting down with a bunch of rabbis because he was being accused of anti-Semitism for nothing, because he was saying that the uh, that COVID may have been more potent for certain, you know, genetic ge genetic lineages and things like that. Uh, which, by the way, I don't even know if it's true, but it's certainly not anti-Semitic. So, uh, for a few months now, he has been taking the side of the regime in a way that I find to be bizarre. And so today, Alex Jones had this thesis that that RFK Jr. was essentially there to undermine undermine rather the uh, the Democrats because he's so he's so upset with them and just the regime broadly and that he's there to run to the left of Biden so that he can absorb votes from Biden and ultimately usher Trump back into the White House. This is the thesis. I don't agree. I don't think that's what's happening here at all. So I wanted to lay out kind of my reasoning, my rationale. First off, if you're going to run to the left of Joe Biden, well, wouldn't it be really prudent for you to be on the side of Palestine? Isn't that what the streets are filled with? Is largely Democrat voters, college kids to their, I mean, it's all ages, but lots of young you know, revolutionary type spirits are out in the streets right now. And you're telling me that he's there to steal votes from Biden by running to the left of Biden, but yet he's about as pro-Israel as it gets. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think that, I don't think that math checks out. I don't. I also don't understand why a guy who has been, I mean, he really made his name over the past year or six months or whatever it was since he announced by telling the truth as best as I can tell about what happened to his father and his uncle, JFK and RFK, and who was responsible, CIA, FBI, mafia, whoever, whoever else participated. It doesn't add up to me that a guy who thinks that his Basically, his entire family has been threatened. Some of them have been murdered by the CIA and the FBI, by his own beliefs, would put his daughter-in-law as his campaign manager, replace Dennis Kucinich, who's actually a good 
anti-war Democrat for the most part, and put in a former CIA agent as his campaign manager. What? What? Look, I know it's one thing to keep family close, but wouldn't that kind of be a non-starter? If you if you genuinely believe that the CIA is responsible for these things, why why would you have anyone that is in any way connected to that organization run your campaign? Run it. What? Why would you be on the side of Israel given that you have to know that the Mossad functions very similarly to the CIA? Well, my suspicion, and it's a strong one, unfounded as it may be, is that there's some sort of compromise here. Compromise being held over him. He's compromised, is what I'm saying. That's my suspicion. Can I prove it? No. Am I right? Probably. <laughs> I'm probably right. Because it just doesn't make any sense to me for, you know, this this renegade anti-war leftist, which is, you know, the dying breed, to say, to put it mildly. He's allegedly out there to steal votes from Joe Biden, running to the left of Joe Biden, but yet he is standing arm in arm with Israel as they blow up 5,000 kids over the past month. Doesn't add up. If you're anti-war, why are you concerned with Israel being an aircraft carrier? Why? Why do we need an aircraft carrier in the Middle East if you're actually anti-war? Odd, right? If you're opposed to the military industrial complex as your, you know, your dad and uncle allegedly were, why would you be, why would you, you know, discount the fact that billions and billions of dollars are sent to Israel that are then funneled back into military industrial complex contractors pockets? How would that be a positive? How is that good at all? Why, why, why should I? feel as if that money's better spent just because it's being funneled back to some of the worst corporations on earth in human history. Why is that a positive? Why, why is it a positive that I'm being robbed for them to become more wealthy and more innocent people to die? What kind of an anti-war leftist position is that to hold? Strange. It's a strange one is, is the answer. Maybe he's just unprincipled. Sure. Maybe. I don't know, but all of these line up and have me asking real questions as to who this guy is and why he's up there. Now, I've been very positive about him because I thought he was great on COVID and I thought he was great in shedding light on what the CIA and the FBI might really be about. And I was very hopeful that he's the real deal. And I'm still hopeful that he's the real deal. But what is this? What is this? What is what are these policy positions? So you can you can argue the anti-war, non-interventionist blowback position when it comes to Russia invading Ukraine, and you do it well. But you can't wrap your head around the true history between Israel and Palestine. You can't even give like an effort in understanding that. Or or are your incentives stacked up? to make sure that you take the other position because that's what it looks like to me because it's quite clear that the attack by Hamas was in fact blowback blowback from Netanyahu and the Likud uh, Likud party funding Hamas 
They wanted them there. They said it repeatedly. We can control the flame. We can control the height of the flame in reference to Hamas. Well, could, could they? Did they? Did they control them? No, they didn't. No, 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 no. They did not. Just as the CIA thought that you know, bin Laden was a controllable asset. Was he? Well, in hindsight, certainly not. No, <laughs> he was not. Were the moderate rebels in Syria a manageable asset? No, no, they were not. ISIS, anybody? So it doesn't make sense to me that you can connect these dots when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine war, but you can't even begin to when it comes to the Israel-Palestine war or the mistreatment of the Palestinians. Uh, what? Like you, you, you don't give them any lip service at all. It's just a hundred percent stand arm in arm. Oh, because they, they, uh, you know, they've, they've helped us understand missile defense systems because of the iron dome, which we paid for. Oh, well, thanks. I think that we, we probably deserve that Intel. Do we not given that we're funding it? <laughs> like who, who do, who do you work for, man? Who do you work for? Cause it certainly doesn't seem like it's the American people right now. Doesn't seem like that to me. And, you know, I bring this up not out of hatred for the guy. Like, as I've said many times, I want him to be good. I want him to be great, actually. I want him to be extraordinarily successful, and I want him to run on an old-school pro-peace, pro-free speech, pro-protest, pro Democrat, old-school Democrat. That's what I was hoping for. And the Israel-Palestine conflict has demonstrated that he doesn't actually hold those beliefs, and that concerns me deeply. And it makes me wonder why. Not only is it not differentiating himself from Biden to allow himself to run to the left of Biden, but it's also really just diminishing his, his chances entirely. It really does feel as if he's torpedoing his own campaign. And I think that it's going to, it's going to make, make his run ultimately meaningless. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up dropping out or not getting enough uh, signatures to be on the ballots in all 50 states, in which case his campaign is you know, truly just a spoiler campaign. And it was probably going to be that anyways, but it's still, it's odd. But you know, just to kind of make my case a little bit better as to the blowback situation, I have a clip that I want to play you. Before I do that, I want to thank you guys for once again tuning in, but also let you know, myself, Maj Teray, Josie the Redhead Libertarian, Rectumwald, Josh Smith, Termott, Chase Oliver, Mapstead and Hornberger, all of us will be at the Connecticut convention. It is just a few weeks away and I wanted to tell you where you can get tickets if you are in the area. It's Saturday, December 2nd and it doesn't cost a ton of money, uh, but I would love it. Love to see you guys out there. Go to lpct.org and you should be able to, to find it. There's a lengthier URL to get you there, but just want to make it as easy as possible. So just lpct.org, December 2nd, 2023. If you guys can make it out, it's going to be in Cromwell, Connecticut at the Courtyard Marriott. And I hope to see you guys there. Every now and then, however, a new word emerges from the labyrinth of our secret services for which we might be thankful. The American press has recently started to use the term blowback. Central Intelligence Agency officials coined it for internal use in the wake of the decisions by the Carter and Reagan administrations to plunge the agency deep into the civil war in Afghanistan. It wasn't long before the agency was secretly arming every Mujahideen volunteer in sight 
without considering whether they, who they were or what their politics might be, all in the name of ensuring that the Soviet Union had its own Vietnam-like experience. The United States public may believe that the destabilization of the Soviet Union was worth the 1.8 million Afghan casualties, the 2.6 million refugees, and the 10 million landmines left in the ground there, but it does not yet know about all the blowback its Afghan adventure has unleashed. Not so many years later, these Afghan freedom fighters began to turn up in unexpected places. They bombed the World Trade Center in New York City, murdered several CIA employees on their way to work in Virginia, as well as some American businessmen in Pakistan who just happened to, be, to become symbolic targets and gave support to Osama bin Laden, a prime CIA asset, back when our national security advisors thought giving guns to religious fundamentalists was a great idea. In this context, blowback came to be shorthand for the unintended consequences of American policies kept secret from the American people. In fact, to CIA officials and an increasing number of American international relations pundits, blowback has become a term of art, acknowledging that the unconstrained, often illegal, invariably secret acts of the last remaining superpower in other people's countries can result in retaliation against innocent American citizens. Their dirty tricks agencies are at pains never to draw this connection between what they do and what someone sometimes happens to the people who ultimately pay their salaries. So we are supposed to believe that the bombings of American embassies in East Africa in 1998, the proliferation of sophisticated weapons around the world, or the crack cocaine epidemic in American cities are simply examples of terrorism, the work of unscrupulous arms dealers, drug lords, ancient hatreds, rogue states, anything unconnected to American global policies. So I think you, you can probably guess where I'm going with this, but that's exactly what I see with the, the description of every attack on American troops over in the Middle East, as, as well as in Syria, which is crazy that we have a base in Syria. Um, but this categorization, everything is being blamed on Iran. Who did it? Iran. Who funded them? Iran. It, there's no is there any evidence delivered to to prove out that claim no never i never i've never seen any evidence at all iranian backed iranian funded iranian armed iranian trained evidence no zero now could it be true sure could it have been true that saddam hussein had wmds absolutely he did have them years prior so was it possible sure was it true no no it wasn't no, the fuck it wasn't. And how many innocent people died because we accepted it at face value? A whole, whole lot. And I'd like to avoid doing that again. Thank you very much. So the same lesson that we learned after 9-11, we being my audience, unfortunately, not every American has learned this lesson, tragically, was that our interference within the geopolitical sphere comes with a price. It's not, a, it's not an immediate effect. It's a knock-on one. It's one that comes down the road, sometimes years, sometimes decades later. Some of the things that, that unfortunately our intelligence agencies have already created, stirred up in the rest of the world, have yet to hit us, but they shall, un unfortunately. And I've, I see that very, very similarly. I'm not gonna say it's exact, but it's very similar to how Israel and the U.S. State Department are categorizing every single thing that is happening that, that's bad in the Middle East is a product of Iran 
over and over again. Who's going to have a nuclear weapon within 90 days? Iran, obviously. Oh, have they been telling us that for 40 years? Yes, they have. Has Iran had a nuclear weapon yet? No. No, they haven't. So we're just to take them at face value, right? We're just to accept the fact that all of their claims, well, if Iran gets a nuclear bomb, then Hamas has a nuclear bomb and that can't be allowed to happen. Well, does that make any sense at all? No. Israel has a com complete containment strategy for all of Gaza. Full embargo. Can, can Iran realistically get a nuclear weapon in there? No, probably not. <laughs> probably not actually feasible. Can, can Iran actually create a nuclear weapon? Well, I'm sure it's possible. Are they within months of doing so? I'd say probably not. Do they have a tremendous incentive to do so? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look at North Korea. Look at how, how they were probably queued up for regime change up until they got the nuclear bomb. And now all of a sudden we just kind of accept the fact that, yeah, there's a couple million people that live in a true dystopian nightmare in North Korea. Are we, are we interested in liberating them? Do we talk about North Korea at all? No, no, not at all. We don't talk about North Korea at all. Is there a, is there a, a group of people on earth that are more mistreated than North Koreans? I'd say probably not. I mean, Gaza, <laughs> the, the Palestinians in Gaza have an argument at this point, but prior to the bombardment campaign from the IDF, I'd say it was hands down the North Koreans that are dealing with the most tyrannical government. So if we were going to go about spreading liberty and democracy all over the world, you think that North Korea would be right at the top of the list as to a, a nation that needed a regime change real bad. But we don't. And we don't have any propaganda push for that at all. We don't have any news coverage that actually details their plight at all. We don't talk about it ever. Why? Well, because we can't beat them up without paying a catastrophic price because they have a nuclear bomb. That's the reality. And what lesson does that teach the rest of the world? Every tin pot dictator all over the planet. What do they know? Well, you have to play ball with the, the Western regime as long as you don't have a capacity to defend yourself. And as soon as you have a capacity to, to genuinely defend yourself, well, then they'll probably leave you alone. They might sanction you. They might make your, your life a lot harder. But will your leadership be challenged? Not really. Will you remain in power? Yeah, most likely for a very long time. So what incentive structure does that create? Well, it creates a nuclear proliferation incentive for all of the worst dictators on earth to try and acquire nuclear weapons. Now that's not a very good plan, is it? That's not what I want. I don't want to see more terrible totalitarian governments acquiring nuclear weapons. I'd like to not have my government acquiring and building advanced nuclear weaponry today, which they are. They're advancing their nuclear arsenal. Do I want to see uh, Vladimir Putin increase the capacity of his nuclear arsenal, his over 6,000 nuclear warheads, including some of the most advanced hypersonic missile technology? Do I want that? No. No, I don't. Hell no, I don't. But it doesn't change the fact that their incentive is that way because the CIA constantly fucks with every country and every leadership that doesn't have them. And up until recently, it was that we wouldn't even really go after you or, or we wouldn't even have proxy wars with nations that had nuclear powers. Recently that changed. 
because apparently there's this belief that you can get away with it because yeah, we have, they have nukes, sure, but so do we. So what are they going to do? Are they ultimately going to be crazy enough to, to really go to war in a proxy fashion even? I mean, just because we go to war with them in a proxy fashion, does that mean that they'll actually strike us? Well, so far, that gambit's paid off. They haven't done it. Thank God. But what if they do? What if, what if Russia had actually lost the war in Ukraine? What if they had lost access to Crimea entirely? It wasn't outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think they might have. I don't know that they would have, you know, launched ICBMs over to America, but it's a distinct possibility that they would have, you know, nuked Kiev. It's not, it's not impossible. If they, if they genuinely believe that Sebastopol and Crimea, their, their only year round warm water naval port is an existential need, well, they could have, they could have. And that gambit was just like, yeah, we're going to, we're just going to fight them in a proxy war. I mean, thank God they didn't roll in NATO troops on top of that. I mean, they had some in training capacity and things like that, but for the most part, they just allowed for mercenaries and the poor Ukrainian soldiers to have to fight off the Russian war machine. So where am I going with all this? Not sure. I guess just broadly, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that I, I thought that there might be a true anti-war Democrat option. Yeah, he was running as an independent, but we all know he's a Democrat. And RFK Jr. fit that bill pretty nicely. I mean, telling the truth about the CIA and the FBI takes serious cojones. It's odd to me that the, the one nation that he's in or the one intelligence agency that he's incapable of challenging is Mossad. And that says a lot. Now, do I know, you know, what compromise, what intelligence they have on him? No, I, I, I mean, I know that his family flew uh, with Epstein 20 something years ago. That doesn't. That's not incriminating. I'm not. I'm not trying to assert that it is, but the fact that he's he's rubbed elbows with the Clintons, he's rubbed elbows with the Bidens, he's rubbed elbows with Epstein. Uh, his his ex-wife, uh, RFK Jr.'s ex-wife, was friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. It's worth asking. I ha I hate to make unfounded allegations. I genuinely do, but it's worth asking. Like, what's up here? How can, how can you be so spot on in analyzing the, the provocations that led to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and how the U.S. State Department was, you know, its hands were very, very bloody in this, very. But you can't, you can't see anything to make the Palestinian argument? Nothing. Even though you're running for president and you're running against Biden, who's responsible for funding this, bloodbath just for political expediency it would be tremendously beneficial for your campaign to run to the hard left of biden on this issue in particular and say i want a, a ceasefire and i want a full investigation into what happened on october 7th before we before we send them a penny more and then lay out the same exact case that you did for the russian side of the argument not saying that you're on Russia's side, but just give Russia's you know, counter argument to the unprovoked illegal invasion and say, what happened here? 
What what happened? What happened in Gaza that would led that led to Hamas's rise? I've already detailed it in prior episodes, so I won't do it again. But it's like you could do that. You could easily do that, and politically expedient, just massive windfall in terms of support. Biden has his own people protesting by the tens of thousands in Washington D.C. right now. His voting base, and they're like, we're gonna vote for Cornell West because he's the only one who has his head even somewhat in the right spot on this. Because RFK Jr. just doesn't want to take that position. Why? Why doesn't he want to take that position? I'll leave it there. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I have a feeling years down the road, we'll look back at this and we'll say, yeah, that guy wasn't running a real campaign. He started out running one, and then he... He either sold out or he got intimidated or threatened. I don't know. I don't know what happened here. But there is something very off about the position when you compare it to the Russia-Ukraine war and then you compare Israel versus the Palestinians. I don't understand it. Food for thought. Let me know in the comments down below if you disagree. If you do, that's okay. I still love you. And I'm and I honestly, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Because I want there to be a great genuine non-interventionist lefty on offer. It'd be great for the dialogue. It'd be great for the country. And and I am praying that I will be proven wrong and over the next six months, this guy will be, uh, you know, right about everything. We'll see. Time will tell. Laura Logan's done an incredible documentary series on J6 and uh, this is her talking or her coverage on truth in media. If you guys want to watch the full episode, it's I think it's exclusive on X, uh, but this is a fantastic deep dive on Ray Epps. But we did find something else. Good morning, how are you? It turned out January 5th was not the first time Ray Epps encountered Baked Alaska. You can see him circling during this live stream recorded by Baked Alaska at a Stop the Steel rally in Phoenix on November 30th, shortly after the 2020 election. It appeared to have been scrubbed from the internet, according to forensics experts we consulted, who found a single copy buried deep in an online archive. Let's go! And managed to extract the full live stream of 11 hours, 10 minutes, and 55 seconds. Here it showed Ray Epps pacing back and forth, a short way from Baked Alaska, who seemed to have his attention as he looked over in his direction repeatedly, 13 times by our count. Then Epps stopped and pointed his camera right at him, snagging a photo before putting his phone down and walking away, only to re-emerge on camera roughly a minute later, taking another photo in the same area. Not long after that, he interrupted this argument. We don't want you here, so skedaddle, scram. With a comment. It's a free speech zone. We're Americans and we're all You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I didn't realize this honestly until someone put out on Twitter and they were sort of like accusing me of being like a Fed or something and they're like, oh, Baked must be a Fed because here's Ray Epps on one of his streams. I'm like, what? I expose Feds. Like, how dare you? But <laughs> again... <laughs> I guess this is the episode without evidence. Uh, very odd. <laughs> I mean, extraordinarily odd. That that was 45 days prior to J6. You have Ray Epps 
kind of secretly photographing Baked, like taking pictures of him. If you recall, it was January 5th that Ray Epps and Baked Alaska are talking at night. And and this is where Ray Epps says, we must go into the, into the, you know, I won't, I won't finish that line because I don't know if it'll get me in trouble, but uh, you know what he said. And, and immediately uh, Alaska starts this fed, fed, fed chant. Well, yeah, now I understand why. I mean, if you had been at some other protest 45 days earlier and you have someone that's taking photographs of you, uh, I, as, as Baked Alaska said, he didn't even recognize the guy. He didn't even see that. But like, I think his suspicions uh, are likely correct. I mean, likely. It, it's very, very strange behavior. You have this older, older man out of protest just taking photos of Baked Alaska, who's some YouTuber. Like, and, and, and he comes back a minute later to take another angle to probably get the faces of the other people that were there. It does look like a scouting mission to me. That's what it looks like. Could it just be some, you know, patriotic boomer who's got his phone out and he's taking pictures? Okay, maybe. Maybe that's all there is to it. Uh, but it's worth asking the question. You add into that the New York Times and Washington Post and all these other, oh, Kinzinger and uh, Cheney and all these other, like, shit-lib rhino scumbags that are, are coming out and defending Epps, saying, you know, he's a hero and patriotic and blah, blah, blah. Like, what? What the guy, the guy who's like the most uh, outspoken about violating your democratic sanctu sanctuary, and you're just like, that's a good guy. Everybody else, though, jail for the rest of their lives. Him, though, good guy. No, I'm sorry, but this it doesn't pass the sniff test, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't pass the sniff test. And if you're not asking yourself these questions, you're just lying. You're just lying to yourself. What the fuck was that? Shout out to Laura Logan. She's been uh, DMing me recently, and I hope to have her back on the show here soon. Uh, man, that is strange. That is really, really strange. Uh, just adding that as additional evidence to all of the other strangeness around the Epps situation. It's like, it's worth asking. It, like, it just, it requires an investigation, honestly. It's not even like, I don't even care about asking the questions. It's just like, I feel forced to because no one else is investigating this. It drives me nuts. Just to show you why I think it's bizarre that RFK Jr. isn't running, at least as a neutral party when it comes to the Palestinian-Israel war. Here's Joe Biden throughout his career just being as big a shill as you can possibly imagine. It's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body, for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel. <laughs> That's such a crazy statement. Mind you, this is like, I don't know what year this is exactly. It looks like early 90s. Uh, but $3 billion back in the early 90s was some actual money. You know, the fact that we haven't upped that tenfold uh, already is kind of surprising. But I guess they're catching up for old time. <laughs> lost with the seven or 14 billion that they sent them recently to protect her interest in the region the united states would have to go out and invent an israel the second part is people should understand by now this should be crystal clear that israel israel is the single greatest strength america has in the middle east i always say to my friends when they say those things to you i say imagine our circumstance in the world 
were there no Israel, how many battleships would there be? How many troops would be stationed? You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like he's saying that what the what the CIA can't handle, the Mossad does for us. That's what it sounds like. I don't know what I don't know what he's actually saying, but that's what it sounds like. When I was a kid, I'd say when I was a young senator, I'd say if I were a Jew, I'd be a Zionist. I am a Zionist. You don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist. You get the point. <laughs> it's decades and decades and decades of Joe Biden showing where his true allegiance lies. And if I was advising RFK Jr.'s campaign, I would have said, Bobby, we got a real opportunity here. Okay? We're not going to come out in favor of Hamas. We're not out of our fucking minds, but we are going to angle ourselves to the left, to the true anti-war non-interventionist bent that a lot of the pro-Palestinian people in America, the voters, which is what we're trying to get, right? We're trying to get voters here. We're going to align ourselves with them. Did he do that? No, he didn't. Why? I don't know. This will be the last episode of the week as I am flying out to Virginia to do Timcast IRL with drumroll, please. Brrr, big announcement, me and Dave Smith. Same episode, going to be incredible. I will then be doing a solo episode uh, with Tim as well uh, later in the week. So two times, what's happening? Very cool. Very cool stuff. Uh, for those that don't know, myself and Luke Rutkowski had on Vivek Ramaswamy in studio for a full hour. You guys can check that out over on Rumble at We Are Change, all one word. Just search We Are Change, one word, and you'll find it. 170,000 viewers so far. Very, very neat. Things are happening, and I love it, and it's very fun. And thank you guys so much for supporting my work and helping me get to this position, and I hope I can continue to do you proud, spreading the message of liberty and peace and prosperity and you know good stuff <laughs> uh i'm doing my best uh let's uh let's check in with new york because i haven't talked about new york in a while this is governor kathy hackle not a big fan of hers to put it mildly uh, uh just listen also we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts what's being said on social media platforms and we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. Because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway should feel they have to, find, to hide any indications of what their religious beliefs are. We expect to see people celebrating their lives, walking about freely, and that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York. So, uh, yeah, they have a right not just to be safe, but to feel safe. So the government is now uh, you know, intervening to make sure that you have the certain uh, prerequisite feelings about your safety. Oh, might I add that to, to make you feel safe, the government will be spying on you, monitoring all of your online activity, and then there's apparently a task force to go after these people? 
that are inciting violence with words, dangerous words on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters of the world. What are we talking about here? This is lunacy. But this is this is the reason I bring it up is like this is the exact same bullshit that I was just critiquing the GOP for last week when it came to anti-Semitism. Well, the DNC's just as capable, just as out of their fucking minds. Hate speech is not a thing, okay? There is speech that's hateful, of course. I made a profession out of it. <laughs> I'm very hateful of all of the tyrants that rule over us. But it doesn't change the fact that, like, that still falls under First Amendment protections, okay? We're allowed to hate things. You're not allowed to force me to love everything, or everybody, for that matter. It's an absurdity. It's an absurdity. No one, no one even, like, used to think that that was a, a possible line of justification for spying and censoring and and persecuting people with wrong for wrong think but that's where we're at now both sides fully fully on board will count me out count me the fuck out and i hate it am i allowed to say that am i allowed to say that i hate your intentions to rid the world of hate speech Hate is part of the human condition. You can no better regulate that out of existence than you can murder or anything else. So please, please just, just stop. Just stop trying to curtail my ability to think and speak freely under the pretense of, you know, looking out for minorities or whatever. It's not, that's not the point of what you're doing and you know it. It's about control. It's about stifling dissent, stifling free speech, stifling open dialogue and conversations. They don't want us to be able to have these discussions. This is the whole reason that I have to code everything I say because I have to circumvent the censorship apparatus. It sucks, but that's the nature of the game that we're in right now. It's terrible. Believe me, I push it as far as I possibly can. But if these politicians have their say, it's kind of game set match for free speech, is it not? Take it seriously. Take it seriously that these people are not playing around. I mean, I, she doesn't even go into details. I'll, I'll have to do additional digging once you know it's publicly known what, what these task force entail. But I think we can guess. We can, we can guess based off of the COVID era, the task force that were responsible for uh, you know, dictating terms of service to allegedly private enterprises that were responsible for dictating what was mis and disinformation. Is this a position that the government, one of the you know worst lying entities in my lifetime, probably the worst, yeah, we're going to put them in charge of dictating what's true and false and what's hate. The fuck are we talking about? No thank you. If Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, if they want to create some sort of policy, that's their prerogative. I will oppose it every step of the way. The government... In investigating i mean are we fucking london at this point is that where we're at we're gonna go down the the exact same path as fucking britain which by the way we fought a fucking revolution to get away from that's the truth and now we're just gonna follow them lockstep into censorship no thank you i opt out entirely and i hope i hope most people are not 
hearing any of this and going, oh, yeah, you know, the anti-Semitism, the Islamophobia, the, the racism, the sexism, it's all it's all so bad right now. We have to we have to turn to the fucking state government to try and intervene. You want to make a situation way worse? Go for it. Do that. Allow them to dictate what you're allowed to say and think while you're at it. Just lock the chip in your brain, eat some fucking bugs, get in your pod, enjoy the rest of your life, you piece of shit. <laughs> or don't. Or you could just opt out of that entirely. You could say, I'm not going to do that, Kathy Hackle. No fucking thanks. Gavin Newsom, Biden, DeSantis, any, any presidential hopeful, any politician in America that is running on this type of bullshit... This 1984 Orwellian, dystopic, panopticon, surveillance state, CCP garbage can get the fuck out. Get out. Get out of power and stay out for the rest of your lives. You're terrible. You're dangerous to us. Far more dangerous than the words that you're trying to prevent us from thinking or saying. Far more. And just to make it crystal clear, this is not an endorsement of racism, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism. It's not. It's not. That's, that's the framing that they want you to be in. They want you to be thinking that way. Well, I, I'm not racist. I'm not, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm not Islamophobic. So what do I care? I ain't got nothing to hide. It's the same argument with the, you know, surveillance state after 9-11. They're just going after terrorists. They're not coming after us. Bullshit, they're not coming after us. They're coming after every fucking one of us. Have you paid attention? Do you think that this is going to be, well, I don't say anything Islamophobic, so I'm sure I'm fine. Well, yeah, the fuck, yeah, you're not fine. No, 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 you're not fine, actually. They will find a justification. Absolutely. You do, oh, you have a dissent against World War III? Oh, well, it looks like this post here has some underlying dog whistles that we find to be racist. So, poof, your account's gone now. Good thing you st you stood by and bit your tongue while they passed these bullshit laws and implemented task force to censor you, huh? You guys see. I know you see. I'm not lecturing you. I'm lecturing the rest of the people that are watching this. <laughs> Get you out of here on something fun. Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to Bill Maher about women's sports. Match more interesting for the viewer. So if we can split wrestling into 10 categories, and that becomes the wrestling match. But all men against each other. Correct. So, okay, so now, I guess that. Sort of key point. Okay. <laughs> okay. So all I'm saying is, what is it that makes the man the man? Is it the hormones? Okay. okay. Is it If it's the hormones and you decide to give yourself a different cocktail of hormones, I'm making this up, by Why the way. You, I'm not saying it should happen this way. It's a way to start thinking okay, about it. It would be maybe the track meets have hormone categories. And maybe giving yourself the wrong hormones is deleterious to your health. Would you not admit that? Do you think we can just safely do things like this? So you feel this way because you're concerned about, you're so deeply concerned about the health of the people who are trying to find their place on the well, gender spectrum? You care about their health so much that yeah, you don't it, want well, them to it, go through that? It's not something that keeps me up at night, but when the right. subject comes up, I care about them like I care about all people. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, the guy who uh, you know, traveled the country going on all the biggest shows during the COVID era, telling us to you know listen to the scientists. Listen to them. It's their expertise. He won't 
make even an attempt at an argument. He, so much so that he'll just say flatly, I'm just making it up. I, you know, I'm just making it up. He's trying to come up with a, a, a fix to this. Just create additional weight classes. Ad create additional classes for people that are you know, non-binary or whatever. It's like, what are you fucking talking about, dude? We, we already have different classes. And it's based off of genetic predispositions to strength that come with human sexual dynamics. I am stronger than 99% of women. It's just the reality. I'm not super strong. I'm pretty strong, but I'm not super strong. doesn't change the fact that I am incredibly, incredibly strong compared to the average woman. So yeah, when it comes to athletics, it just takes even a, a semblance of rational consideration before you go, oh yeah, Clint shouldn't be wrestling women. Even if they weigh the same, which by the way, that'd be a huge girl, Jesus Christ. But if we weighed the same, they'd be in a lot of trouble because I'm strong as an ox compared to them. So like, what are we doing? This is the, this is the scientific establishment that we're supposed to be fucking listening to or, or has a scientific establishment ink been replaced by ideological possessed lunatics. Cause I think it's the latter quite clearly, clearly. These people are not functioning from a place of science. If they were, they could easily tell you, yeah, it's crazy to have men in a boxing ring against women. Regardless of the weight class, it's nutty. So don't do it. But he won't say that. And, and if you bring up any sort of concern about the, the hormone cocktails that they put these, these people on, many of them, or I assume all of them voluntarily, that there might be deleterious consequences down the road. And he just diminishes that like, oh, oh, you really losing sleep over their condition? Well, yeah, given that there was a mass shooting in Tennessee just a year ago, or not even, based off of, you know, we don't really know, but the, the uh, Crowder released three pages of the manifesto or whatever, diary, I don't know what it was. Um, and it's like, it's worth asking. It's worth asking what putting people on hormones that are not endogenous, that are not produced within themselves naturally to these high, high levels. Like, what does that do to somebody? I don't know. I know there's studies that are, that are going on right now. We don't really have any long-term studies on this stuff. We're working on it. We'll have them eventually. But in the meantime, are we just going to like bite our tongue and say, well, I don't want to look bigoted, so I'm just going to accept this for what it is. You know, whatever whatever the the liberal talking points are, I'm just going to, yeah, of course. You are whatever you say you are. You can, you can wrestle, you can fight, you can, you know, play basketball or football against whoever you want to play against. Like, well, no, you can't actually. You're going to get blown off the court. Come play basketball with... Uh, Put a, put a WNBA team versus an elite college basketball men's team and see who wins. See who gets fucking flatlined. They've done this with soccer before where you have, I think it was like actually a team, like a high school boys team that just blew the professional women off the, off the, uh, the pitch. It's like, there are just, there's just genetic differences. Okay. On average. Are there anomalies? Yes. Does it, does that change the rule? No, it does not. No, it doesn't. But any scientist that can't tell you the truth about this shouldn't be listened to. 
And if this guy hasn't proven that after the COVID era, I don't know what more it'll take. Let me also add, Kadanji Brown Jackson, Supreme Court Justice, can't can't you know explain what a woman is because she's not a biologist. Anybody anybody that actually skirts this issue, anybody that's unwilling to engage with it because they know it's it's taboo right now. I think that it demonstrates not just a lack of courage, but a, an ideological capture that you need to be very aware of, that these people are not, they're not, they are no longer thinking for themselves, not even close to it. So the reason I bring her up is that, you know, DeCrass Tyson, who gives a fuck what he has to say? He's an idiot. She's a Supreme Court justice. She has the ability to take your fucking speech rights away, your gun ownership rights away. Like, this is the fatal flaw in our system is that ultimately, no matter how beautiful the Bill of Rights are or were or how they were written, all of it doesn't matter. If you have five Supreme Court justices that are totally ideologically captured, that are unwilling to, to engage with such obvious, you know, statements like, yeah, on average, men are stronger than women. Can't say that. Well, what do you think that person's capable of when it comes to reading case law and deciding uh, a very sensitive subject? I would expect them not to come down in a, in a direction that benefits freedom, right? Yeah, I would say almost definitively, it is not going to be to our benefit that Katanji Brown Jackson, if I'm pronouncing that right, is going to be on the Supreme Court for God knows how long, probably 40 fucking years. And how dangerous it is that if you get four more of her, we're toast. Every freedom that you ever thought you might have is fictitious. It's an apparition. It's a ghost. Just like the men who wrote those documents. <sighs> scary. <laughs> it's scary to think about, honestly. It makes me so nervous that like the Supreme Court is ultimately appointed by the president which is decided on by majority vote, which is only voted on by about half of adults, which then amounts to all of my freedom being stripped away if you have enough Supreme Court ju justices retire during some piece of shit president's term, tenure. That's not comforting to me at all. I would really like to have my, uh, my rights enshrined a little bit more steadfastly than, than such. Anyways. Uh, make sure you guys check out Timcast IRL this week and see myself and Dave Smith. Going to be a real bucket list item, man. Obviously, Dave is you know a hero of mine and now a good personal friend. And you know for us to be doing that show together definitely feels like a uh, I don't know a moment. It's going to be a special moment for me. And uh, I hope hope we guys we do you guys proud. And uh, if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Sign up to become a supporting member. I put a exclusive content over there. I haven't done an AMA in a while. If anybody wants me to do one, uh, just drop it in the comments below and uh, I'll do that. And uh, yeah, if you want to subscribe, I will follow you back over on X at Liberty Lock Pod. And if you want to pick up a Liberty Lockdown shirt, go to topoffs.com. Uh, by the way, we have just secured the URL for the show I'm doing with Luke. It is thebestpoliticalshow.com. Pretty cool URL, thebestpoliticalshow.com. That's where you'll be able to see our show. But if you like the Rumble app, please, please, please uh, just subscribe to all one word. We are change over on Rumble. It's going to be uh, 
you know, we, we've got a, a one-year deal with them, and I cannot cannot wait to see where the show goes. Uh, it's our, we've already had you know great guests, and I expect the the future to be very bright over there. So, do not miss it. So, I was getting one-star review bombed for my Israel-Palestine breakdown. Um, I don't know. I'll, maybe it's real people. I don't know. But I got a whole bunch of one-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just seemingly kind of seemed like bot network activity. I'm just being honest. So I tweeted out saying uh, with a screenshot of one of the most ridiculous ones, uh, just saying, Hey, if you guys enjoy my work, please leave five star reviews and like 30 plus of you did. So I want to read off a few of those, uh, just to thank you guys for, for helping support me and the algorithm. American thighs says five stars. Great podcast. Check it out. Love this podcast. A major eye opener. Great topics. Dogs are the best five stars. Boom. Good communicator and entertaining while adding value by being a free thinker. Keep it up. I enjoy your podcast. Just so thankful in Florida. It says five stars, level-headed analysis. Thank you. Your, this analysis was difficult, but well done. One of the most powerful things you said in this episode was that increasing dialogue and free speech and access to various viewpoints decreases the likelihood of conflict. So true. You speak of Palestine as if they were an, an original nation. They never were. That region was known as Philistia and controlled by the Ottoman Empire until World War II. Yes, I know. I, I actually am aware of that. But I was talking from a property rights position, which I think you can only claim property rights in a chronological fashion unless you believe in property rights being acquired through conquest, in which case, sure, we can start it far, far earlier. Uh, the real Seth Shady says five stars. Clint is one of the very best the Liberty Movement has to offer. Been listening since his first POTP appearance. Uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, more than happy to cancel out one of the woke Zionist bad reviews. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, man. Uh, best Liberty podcast. Stoney says five stars. Clint is on point and always up to date on what's happening at home and abroad. Also Tower Gang. That's right. My boys over Tower Gang. By the way, we'll be having on uh, Dave Smith here soon, so that should be fun. Great show. Pool Service ATL says, great podcast for principal libertarian thought. Joe Laster says, great show. Clint is knowledgeable about a variety of topics, and his passion for liberty is unrivaled. Highly recommend. Uh, goodness gracious, so many reviews. I got 20 more. <laughs> I got 20 more here. I can't read them all. Um, Crazy Stanley says, uh, love Clint's takes. He is the most level-headed man in the libertarian movement. Anti-war, anti-children dying. I learned so much from listening to him, and I'm grateful for the time and energy he puts into this movement. Well, thank you. Uh, Luke in Orlando says, the voice of sanity. Liberty Lockdown makes clear, well-reasoned arguments. Clint has been consistent and over the last several years proven correct numerous times. Every time. I'm just kidding. Probably not. Uh, and I'll read one more. Uh, inked X says pearls before swine because you pigs won't go away. I said what I said. The truth is hard for warmongers and blind followers to digest. It isn't seasoned with blood and lies. There's more to the world than Fox News and CNN tell you. Take the time to look deeper. This is your responsibility. Responsibility if you would choose to be free. That's a good way to end it. Thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe and uh, leave a comment while you're here. I, I do read them all on YouTube and I try to reply. And if you're over on Rumble, I read them sometimes too. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?